0: Lean Braze reporting for duty. Your source for fitness and food education with a noble purpose. You're listening to the Lean Braze Radio Show at theleanbraze.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braze. I'm Ron Jones with Philippe Till, a good friend of ours from Los Angeles, and we're Lean Braze, and we're talking about the natural. Method today, which is a book that you have uh, translated, Philippe, out of Georges Hébert. I'm hacking that French uh, name, so can you pronounce that the proper way, please?
1: Sure. It is Georges Hébert.
0: Uh, well, he says it better than I, but basically, he's one of the big key players in uh, the history of physical fitness, correct?
1: Absolutely. He actually created a, a system and he calls the natural method, Right. and um, he wrote... People call it the Bible, but it's really the the first foray into all of it. It's the practical guide to physical education, which he breaks down into four different major parts. The exposing explanation of the method, how to conduct a training session, how right. to score established baselines and what it should contain. The second portion of the book is the fundamental exercises, the, the primary prerequisite for good movement so you can then graduate to a little bit more advanced skills the um, fundamentals will include hopping arm movements leg movements trunk movements balance exercise support hanging exercise and breathing as well as incorporating equipment so, and so it's basically all there it's yeah. all there well that's just in the prep in the primer then oh. you've got the functional exercises, which include walking or marching uh-huh running jumping Climbing, lifting, throwing, fighting, swimming, and then the culmination will be sports, activities, uh, physical labor, manual labor, and things, like, and games.
0: Right. So if we look at the, the classical systems, whether it be um, Hibbert or, or some of the other ones out there, they have these uh, a group of survival skills. Yes. And that's one of the things that you and I have learned studying history, right? Uh, the running, yes. um, the hanging, the brachiation the the swimming i mean things that we need to do if there's a disaster right now we've got to get out of the house yeah right and so um from a practicality standpoint it's a it's a nice system to look at uh, we've done a little bit of video shooting today and a little bit of chatting about him and uh it was not designed even though he was a french marine mm-hmm. and had a military background and martial arts background it was not necessarily designed for the elite fighting force navy seal type cats and in France, right? It was well, like it, was actually
1: it was designed out of the need, No, you call it a noble purpose, right. that you just be fit for the self, so you can take care of yourself, mm-hmm. your friends and family, and immediate neighborhood and community, and all the way up to a national level of protecting the country in terms of warfare. Mm-hmm. So it's how do we bring everybody to a level of, well-rounded athleticism. Mm -hmm. I know the special ops guys, that's a different story, that's specialized training and additional training, but the foundation remains the same. Mm -hmm. If you can run, walk, climb, throw. Throwing is important because you have to throw a grappling hook or put up a ladder so you can then climb it and rescue somebody or escape yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Throwing, again, that's very important to be bilateral in your skills or ambidextrous because mm-hmm. what if you get injured in one of your limbs and you can't throw with it so uh, all these elements are there and developing a certain sense of strength with classical lifting exercises yes it is all there you know the rescue of mm-hmm. and how to carry injured or the sick people or how to fight how to defend you know how to clear obstacles mm-hmm. um, he was been labeled as the forefather of parkour
0: right that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about yep. yeah and so um, but it wasn't just jumping, it was it was all those other skills that you mentioned Absolutely. as part of the package. Now, he spent some time, he came up with uh, uh, this philosophy, if you will, not just from studying all the people before him, but yes. he spent some time in Africa. Can you explain that? Because that was interesting. Yes,
1: so uh, there's two things that um, kind of came as a eureka moment, aha moment for him, was that... There was a volcanic eruption in a nearby village, and he had to provide assistance along with other people to to rescuing the villagers. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, running, lifting uh, was essential to that, you know, Mm -hmm. maintaining that level of energy and mobility. Mm -hmm. The other aspect was simply by observing the native indigenous population of how well-defined and agile and graceful and flexible. Those bodies were very suited for the needs and it was a a byproduct of their environment. Mm -hmm. And he said, we need to be like that. Now, the problems that we have today of our sedentary lifestyle already existed over 150 years ago. We've seen those references, yeah. Absolutely, so he also wanted to tackle those. If you have the ability to, you know, develop that body naturally, great. You don't need anything. Right. If you're a natural athlete who's got it all, you don't need the method. Mm -hmm. But how about the rest of the population, which is most of us, living in a city, not having access. How do we bring those methods to you? That's what he wanted to bring about. And he started, of course, not only just military academies but regular physical education programs, which is what I was fortunate enough to grow up with.
0: Yeah, you grew up in France. Yes. And uh, you were joking around, you did all these, you didn't know where they came from at the time, but, but now you've rediscovered them as an adult and you, you admitted you had, you had a great physical education experience because of his work in the school system.
1: Absolutely, you know it was uh, it's amazing how well-rounded we were. I never saw until I became a fitness professional uh-huh. how actually the programs that we were going through we're geared to developing that all run athleticism. Mm-hmm. We were running long distance. We were running for sprints. We were doing hurdle runs, clearing obstacles. We right. played sports, team sports, or, you know, soccer, rugby, football, you name it. We also learned how to fight. Mm-hmm. And we were doing all these arm movements, fundamental positions, et cetera, to warm us up and get us ready. Mm-hmm. So
0: do you use it today as uh because you know, you you do a lot of uh, personal training in the Los Angeles area, do you use these methods as a kind of a preparatory warm up for your clients or is it woven throughout the, whatever you do?
1: It's both, you know, I use the arm movements, some of which we have included in our little video. Right, uh, yeah, uh, that was a great experience. So I will use that, either I will spend an hour with a fresh client just to get a baseline of movement. If they're moving well, you know, I will not necessarily perform like a functional movement screen with them. I just want to give them a taste Mm -hmm. of what it's like to move well. And it can be very challenging for a sedentary person. Oh, yeah. And then I will gradually shorten that duration to maybe 15 minutes, maybe down to five minutes only if I get the basics going. Mm -hmm. And if I see the movement workout is going well, we then transition into that person's individual goal. It's the same way that IBM does it. You we, you weave it all into that hour-long session, mm-hmm. but the durations of each can vary. Okay. I build the transition now by either having the person power walking, sprinting, or just jogging. Mm-hmm. We learn how to uh, modify energy expenditure so that in that hour-long session, you have as little downtime as possible.
0: Mm. You're moving the whole time. You're moving and the whole time. And moving well.
1: You're moving well, moving the whole time, and you feel invigorated. You don't feel like you get your ass kicked. Because right. if I've got a client, for instance, c- I've got one guy coming to me four times a week right now. Mm-hmm. And he's coming every day, and he's very energized every day. Good. And his skill level has gone up. His strength has gone up. His body's looking better. It's an exercise. We tried it. We, he's normally a twice a week kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But four times a week. And he's moving well. EBEA wants you to do that six times a week at a minimum of an hour a day.
0: Yeah, the whole thing of being uh, energized each day and leaving the gymnasium better than when you came in is very classical, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's the way they used to train.
1: Yep. Yeah. It
0: wasn't beating yourself up and you crawl out and you you feel like crap for two days. Yeah. It was uh, very high-quality training. You know, as one of our mentors has mentioned to us, he can train a group of people eight hours— and they never get fatigued. Exactly. It's a, it's very uh, high level training and you move from one thing to the next and you, you never trash your neurological system. Yeah,
1: I mean, the basic thing is you wanna move, but then you wanna move well. You wanna move well with a set of skills. Right. And then everything else will trickle.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, doing the demonstration videos, we're gonna be posting those soon. Uh, we went into three very basic uh, arm movements and then mm-hmm. we layered in um, a slit a front slit, and then a back slit, which is some leg maneuvers. But I can honestly say just a five minutes of that, I think, is worth doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You don't have to do an hour of it, although it would be fine. But just a few minutes of that with the way it's taught, which will Philippe has demonstrated in the videos, you guys can do it at home and give it a test drive yourself. I could really feel some releasing and activation invigoration actually
1: yeah i mean you get some basic you got you have to have a basic understanding of the movement and what you want to do with it you understand that i want to open up my hips i want to open up my shoulders i want to open up my thoracic spine Mm -hmm. you know once we give you that cue that you need to create some kind of effort it's not a passive holding of a position no you're very active in that process the blood flow begins your muscles are working and you're creating that activation um but you can do that literally you know you take a break from your desk Stand up, move around, do a few of those drills, go back, you know, get the blood pumping and flowing.
0: It demands uh, concentration. So uh, one of the things that we know from studying historical physical education and fitness, the reason those systems work so well was because of the mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And we can go back to martial arts, same thing, or or maybe anything for that matter, right? Absolutely. So today, you know, you kind of sit on a machine, everything's done for you. you, get on a treadmill, watch a TV. But, you know, by doing those drills, I was really engaged with... Um, the positions on my fingertips and, and, you know, getting everything activated. However, it wasn't overly technical. No. Because that's one of the things we discussed in the videos. Um, He cautioned on that because you you can lose people. Would you explain that a little bit?
1: Yes. So, you know, Eben was very clear on do the movement. Right. Culturally, people are going to squat or sit differently. You know, Mm -hmm. people in third world countries can sit, you know, as to floor, right. and essentially, you know, hamstrings connected to calves and right. sit like that for half an hour with a curved spine and be completely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be hard-pressed to find somebody with kind of ankle mobility today who sits at her desk all day long to sit down, you know, even a healthy person. Right. He doesn't really care about that. He wants you to do a squatting motion. If you can do it without pain, and you can do it repeatedly over a period of time, that can be hours, days, weeks, months, or years, you're fine mm-hmm. right he recognizes that but he still wants you to do the movement he still wants you to maintain certain guidelines of proper alignment and safety mm-hmm. much like for instance that upright stance by which everything is defined right right it's an exaggerated version mm-hmm. of good posture right that doesn't mean i have to live with that all day long it only means that i have to be able to get into it right if i'm not able to get into that exaggerated position, mm-hmm. which, as you've uh, experienced, is a forceful activation of the muscles. Right. If you can't get into it, that's an indicator.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about forceful because, uh, you know, I've done a quite a bit of research, as you know, um, well, the last 20 years, but especially the last two or three on vintage systems, you know, 1960s prior, they talked a lot about forceful, but it was very uh, carefully taught. Yes. And executed. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it wasn't reckless, and, and even the whole ballistic term today has a very negative connotation yeah. or even contraindicated. Mm-hmm. Um, in layman's terms, that means don't do it. Yeah. But we know back in the day, actually, that was one of the meso- methods they used to help correct people faster. So, um, yes, it is forceful, but it, it's not dangerous or reckless. No, I
1: mean, as a matter of fact, most of what we did today was very isometric. Right. Yeah. We just did a lot of what's called a forward feed, which means you create the contraction. Mm-hmm. You kind of feed your muscles. You tell them, this is what we're going to do. There's elements where you know your contraction is a result of the heaviness of the weight that you lift. Mm-hmm. If you don't create that contraction, uh, you will not lift that heavy barbell. If you have a, a weight over your head and you're holding it, your muscles will activate just to keep you upright without crashing that bell on your skull, mm-hmm. right? But when you're not carrying anything, you create a contraction, mm-hmm. you hold on to it, it's a forward feed. So again, it's a, it's a forceful because you're creating it and you wanna make sure you go as far as you can in that movement.
0: So is this then a, a regress version? Because I would assume uh, as it got more progressive mm-hmm. and the skill levels were laid down on mm-hmm. the foundation side, that it, the the system gets more dynamic is absolutely that so absolutely the, the more more of the is, is it does it get ballistic at times like some of the other methods oh absolutely okay I
1: mean, think about you know i mean just a jumping you know jumping right. broad jump or sure. high jump that becomes a little bit more dynamic
0: well it would have to be because he was talking about survival yeah and then you know if there's a earthquake right now we're moving yeah. ballistically whether we like it or not or we're dying right
1: well <laughs> and, and, and interesting interesting focus i remember because it completely uh shifted my perspective he loves running Uh right running is to him the most complete exercise it's cardiovascular it's hygienic and let's understand uh, the importance of the word hygienic it's not about taking a shower and being fresh it's more about the the whole cleansing purification sweating resilience and resistance to cold or certain temperature variations that's why he had people work out in just a pair of shorts and Mm -hmm. uh, nothing else Mm -hmm. um if you sprint and if you really give an all-out effort you are gassed if you do it right you don't have a long time to to run because essentially you can't really breathe well during an all-out sprint no but it's a full muscular effort everything you, work you got everything yeah not running bodybuilding sample. you're not going to just build a uh, arnold schwarzenegger body from sprinting right but you will use all of your muscles and have taken clients through little sprinting routines which mm-hmm. lasted maybe 10 minutes because literally they were gassed. I'm like, now oh we're yeah. just relaxing, you're gonna go home. They were incredibly sore the next day. Now I don't use soreness as a measure of good right. exercise, but I'm right. just trying to make a point of like, see this is something we don't do very often. Mm-hmm. Now is so we're gonna incorporate sprinting a little bit more into your workouts. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get less sore, but you'll see the kind of work it in it creates. Mm-hmm. So that's another part of the lesson. you know there's durations and there's intensities if we did sprinting so you sprint one way you walk Mm -hmm. sprint walk we're gonna get back we're gonna do something a little bit more mellow maybe I'll have you just hang off of the bar you work your grip because you didn't use that on your running right
0: so we're still working but we're not going into deep fatigue which is what we mentioned a a little while ago about how, how do you train people eight hours a day yeah without getting them gassed yes that's out
1: that's exactly how you know right. you, you and every session is planned it's you're you're right. telling a story you're yeah telling a story throughout the lesson right, and, and he calls it a model lesson or a complete lesson, incorporate as much as you can into that hour mm-hmm. and if you are are limited on time, choose what you need the most,
0: mm-hmm um The the whole mindful movement thing has been an interesting journey. I've gotten, of course, you have a martial arts background, so you have much more experience with that. Although when I was cycling and doing high level racing, it was very mindful. Mm -hmm. But my physical fitness training, the last couple years, has really shifted more into that kind of mentality, if you will. And I've noticed all kinds of uh, improvements, Mm -hmm. and some of those being strength PRs. But I never really that was not the goal or objective. It just kind of happened as a byproduct of. Of thinking about what I'm doing and being more efficient, um, but interestingly, as I've gotten more familiar with your translation of his book, The Natural Method, I'm seeing a lot of influence in my World War II manuals. Mm-hmm. Um, those those movements, those lines, you can see that woven through the, uh, you know, the the history and lineage of movement, if you will. He mm-hmm. had a lot of influence.
1: Oh, well, he certainly did. You know. And we wanted to talk about tying into Stan Leprod. If I understand correctly, Uh he was a World War II veteran. Yes. Okay. I think a lot of World War II veterans spend a little bit of time in France at some Mm -hmm. point, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's after D-Day or the liberation of Paris and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But if a method is good, it's going to spread around. Right. And... We are the new continent here. You know, we've borrowed a lot of stuff from the old continent now. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of work from the Swedes and the Germans. I am mean focused sure. focus on the French stuff because I can only do so much. Right. But also, I don't want to spread myself thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we all bring our collaboration and to bring the works of others together. Because ultimately, it's all the same goal.
0: Yeah, so Philippe referenced uh, Coach Stan Lapradi, which is our big historical uh, film documentary project on La Sierra High School in Carmichael, California. We know that uh, Coach Laprade had some influences from the French system, and we'll be doing some more shows and some videos on that as we kind of get more into the film and release some things uh, over time. But that that's an interesting relationship. It'd be fun to to show that. Absolutely. Uh, and that was very calisthenic based, and they used a lot of off the ground training. Mm-hmm. Um, in the French system, a lot of off the ground training as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You
1: know the, the the hanging work that you do in the beginning. Right. Eventually leads to doing, you know, uh, the ability to lift yourself up so you can now climb. Mm-hmm. So off the ground doesn't mean just suspended by your arms. That means literally not on the ground, up in a tree, up on a rooftop. Not and just doing pull ups. Not yeah. just doing yeah. pull ups, yeah. no. And even just the muscle ups, it's just so you can clear an obstacle. So he shows you different ways of doing the muscle up because what if you can't? Get over to where you need to. That's about reaching uh, a certain elevation, whether it's for safety or rescue. Right. Right. Also, overcoming fear of heights. Mm-hmm. It's very important because what if you're completely frozen and need to do something that's necessary? If Immediately. You if you yeah. didn't develop that uh, proprioception or that ability to just overcome that vertigo, mm-hmm. you're SOL. Right? right. Yes. So you know, and that again, the throwing exercises come become very important because. If you throw a rope with a grappling hook, mm-hmm. you need to have a certain level of strength, mm-hmm. accuracy, marksmanship. Now you've thrown the rope; you got to climb the rope, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the climbing that you're up. You get balancing because you're walking, you know, on a rooftop, and then you got to jump off one building to another, or whatever you need to do, or onto a tree. So yeah. the running, the jumping, the lifting, the throwing—it's all woven together. This might sound a little
0: foreign to some people when you're talking about off-the-ground training, but as we both know, studying the historical systems and looking at uh, vintage photographs of gymnasiums, they look completely different than Mm -hmm. the gym today would look. They did extensive off-the-ground training because as we've been taught and learned, you can never be as fit as you can be unless you get off the ground. The -the on-the-ground training is setting up a base, foundation, Mm -hmm. safety, control of movement, learning some basic patterns. But, man, everything changes when you start using gravity to your advantage. And yep. back in the day, it was, it was just not just ropes and a straight ladder. It was ladders that had peak uh, V designs in them and back ladder drills where you're hanging underneath a slope ladder and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of different rope rod configurations and stall bars, yep. which we did uh, a little bit of that in the video today. Um, amazing collection of, of stuff. We were looking at the MetArt catalog, mm-hmm. which uh, there's some things in there that we've never seen before. You know. But it was all designed to, to use gravity.
1: And you were mentioning, you know, I remember f- inside of the footage from your documentary, the the last year at high school, I see you know, talking about the V or incline ladders. Yes. Or parallel bars that people would right. to climb out the mountain up climbers. Yeah, yeah. And um IBM when they they were just so basic he tells you how to build a gym from nothing. We just here's some rope, here's some sand, here's a piece of chalk, you know, <laughs> for measuring stuff. I yeah. pick up any heavy object; doesn't matter the shape. Mm. You can lift it, carry it, throw it. Some of the climbing exercises, you've got two guys holding a ladder at its base. You've got two other guys pushing the ladder up at an angle, and you got another guy climbing up it. Yeah, that's awesome. So they were the o- their own anchors, equipment. beams, and supports for that ladder, which See? otherwise is used as a rescue tool.
0: Right, and think about the base if you were on the, just holding yeah. the ladder for the other guy. Oh yeah,
1: and but they would do it also efficiently. You've got two guys squatting on the bottom rung, mm-hmm. holding their arms, and they're in a perfectly squatted position, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just leaning back, and the other guys are just propping their arms up, and you got another guy just going up it.
0: Well, we've used a photograph we got from uh, Dr. Ed Thomas that shows two ladies going up uh it's a soft ladder, like mm-hmm. a mariner ladder, yeah. right? And what's interesting, as we learned from him in his lectures, is that uh, when you look at the two ladies on the ladders, which normally would be bent out of shape and people be sideways if mm-hmm. you were trying to climb up that thing, if you've ever done that, um, the ladders were vertical. Yeah. And the feet were—the left foot was just like the, the left foot of the other lady, and the hand positions were all—I ident- mean, they knew exactly how to climb efficiently mm-hmm. with, without a wasted effort.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's what I also love about Georges Hubert. And I try to remain as truthful to his translation as possible because just from the rote, the repetition, the redundancy of his style, it becomes so simple. Even the chapter on running and walking is like, really? Mm-hmm. We take things for granted when they're so obvious and painfully right. simple. But it was interesting because the whole chapter on climbing, and when I remember, I was a kid, I was not great at climbing rope. Mm-hmm. And it was one time in my ninjutsu training where I had to climb a rope. And because I did not know how, I only used my upper body strength. I didn't use my legs at all. So mm. I did something considered a little bit more advanced. I just pulled myself up with right. just my arms. But I read the book, and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. You got one rope on one side, one rope on the other side. And I went to Santa Monica to the whole Muscle Beach mm-hmm. area south of the pier. And I got on the rope, the double ropes. Right, and I went all the way up and down. The only thing that happened that I didn't like is I was chafing my inner thighs. Right. But <laughs> that aside, it was so simply described in the book that I could not not do it. So you did it exactly as he described I over 100 exa- years ago in yep. a work just and first. I hadn't ever done that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and I remember there was another part where I'm like, okay, let me try something else because I remember seeing the pictures, and he describes how to do it. So you've got, you know, the the structure that holds those ropes mm-hmm. so you've got some inclined pulls so i got underneath and i started to overlap my hands and just climb up just by hanging right with my arms right no leg work yes and you just climb up you know then you slip a little bit but it's fine you know yeah. but yeah. so it's nothing we can't do and if you're lifting weights at the gym but you can't do this what's the point yes yeah, there's a visual aesthetic there's a health benefit mm-hmm. but i like a little bit more yeah,
0: from a survival standpoint, and exactly. the, the good systems always included that. Absolutely. So classical physical education had three content areas, mm-hmm. and, and um, maybe some of the listeners don't know this, but it, it would Im- have included a restorative type of phase, mm-hmm. so we're, we're setting basically postural line structure, right? Yep. We're going to load that structure. We want everything to be in the right place, which we got that today doing some of the basic movements. There was a martial component, mm-hmm. which um, off-camera, you showed me a couple of applications of that, and— uh, I got slung around a little bit. (laughs) I enjoyed that greatly. And then uh, the pedagogy was a third content area, and that would include uh, the sports, recreation, play, games, Mm -hmm. dance, and things like that. But that was all uh, um, part of his system. Exactly. Like he he covered all those classical content areas.
1: And what I like about the the martial arts component um, is that you practice a punch, Mm -hmm. a kick, job cross hook uppercut there's no change to it you do it so many times so repeatedly it's ingrained in you mm-hmm. that you almost don't need to do anything more than the basic maintenance mm. right and you're talking about a point of focus where you're more reflexive or reactive instead of having to think things through. And so you are talking about earlier that you have to bring a lot of focus and purpose into what you do. Focus, yes, in the beginning, then purpose. Train with a purpose. Don't just throw a move for the sake of throwing a move. If it doesn't tell a story Mm -hmm. in your session, you don't need to. But eventually, it's just part of who you are, Mm -hmm. right? And if you move well every day, 60 minutes a day, there's no reason for you to worry about anything else everything else becomes an accident you know mm-hmm. unless you just do something stupid with wear and tear
0: yeah if you get back into the the classics i mean 60 minutes a day is pretty minimal of course now the recommendation is 30 so yeah. we've watered it down a bit
1: but 60 for kids still though
0: yes but if you're if you're training like this mm-hmm. um, it's a different type of 60 minutes a day it's not it's not like we're doing Tabatas for 60 minutes no. straight or burpees for 60 minutes straight because it was a mindfulness. And it, you, I think this is where the martial component is very important. Mm-hmm. And if you understand history and where all this came from, you can't be getting hurt in, in combat, right? No. You, you become a casualty. So the idea, uh, especially if you look at people like Kohler from World War One, who was the, the head uh, physical guy at West Point, he trained for this economy of movement and he was adamant about not going into deep fatigue and neurological quality. I mean, they were talking about brain science stuff a hundred years ago, right? And the quality of the movement. Yeah, Um, and
1: it's funny because you also talk about injuries and stuff like that. In three years of martial arts, I've gotten far fewer injuries than have occurred in playing basketball, volleyball, Mm. Uh, gymnastics or or even swimming and swimming was different because somebody just landed on me mm-hmm. when I was in the shallow pool but um, I mean when you have a dangerous stunt to perform and I think that can be valid in gymnastics think about a gymnast on a balance beam and she's got to do a dismount right she's looking at I can break my skull mm-hmm. my tailbone I can fall on my face I'm gonna do everything I can not to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with a martial art. When you throw a punch, and you're d- working a randori choreographed version of a you know, self-defense technique, you know? Mm-hmm. You're working with the understanding, hey, I know what you're gonna do, you know what I'm gonna do, we're gonna go over it, but if I miss, or if you don't defend quickly enough, or if I'm too fast, too powerful, you're gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. But to me, basketball is a much more violent contact sport, <laughs> right? Because you will be moving, you will land on your ankle as somebody's pushing and you'll twist it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't think of that inherent danger nearly as much. Same thing when you're surfing. You land in the shallow waters. Mm-hmm. You can get cut by your fin. You can land on a rock and you can land your head on the sand and tweak your neck. Yeah, yeah. You know, these things can happen in sports where people don't think about it. So the focus and the martial arts approach to it is very, very beneficial.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, Is there anything else you want to mention about that? Um, No. We've got the videos. We're going to post those. uh, Some of the three basic movements with uh, upper body focus and then a forward leg type of movement, a backward leg type movement. And then we did one that includes some apparatus, like some of those basic movements, how we would use it with uh, uh, some tubing or a SmartFlex or stall bars. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're talking about the difference of uh, benefits versus results. You know, you get the same benefit let's say opening the chest Mm -hmm. but you can increase your range of motion by making things easier Mm -hmm. and less muscular effort Mm -hmm. or making more of a muscular development by making things harder with the same movement with a heavier weight Mm
0: -hmm. and the, the original book was this huge volume. It looked like a phone book, you know, yeah. and you've taken that and you've broken it up into chunks. Yes. And, and, and separate books and where can they access those um, and read more about it? Sure.
1: So they're accessible at Amazon, you know, Amazon.com in the US, but any other countries you know, Japan, they have their own versions of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can download it there. Just simply type in the natural method in your searches and my three books will show up
0: okay and your website is
1: my website is action-fitness.com you can also follow me on twitter or instagram which is at philippe till that's p-h-i-l-i-p-p-e-t-i-l and or you can friend me on facebook and stay tuned because we're going to be setting up workshops uh, in southern california or anywhere else for somebody would request for me to fly to
0: right and uh, we're going to be teaming up with you a little bit too Absolutely. for some historical method workshops there's a growing interest in this this whole Renaissance of fitness mm-hmm. and uh, we think there's a nice uh, collaborative possibility or opportunity there to get together and, and combine mm-hmm. some different methods so they could learn. The natural method maybe some of the La Sierra high school methods and some of the other things that we've studied it's just a lot of fun and you you become more educated in the process and mm. of course you know the goal is to move better but it's a lot uh, far beyond just fitness right yeah, absolutely yeah uh and you're in the santa monica area but the greater la basin uh leaps around and we look forward to doing more with you especially in La Sierra high school later on uh, absolutely. this year thanks for being on the show thank you ron You've been listening to The Lean Braze Radio Show at TheLeanBraze.com. Music today provided by our surfing guitar friend, Laramie Dean. Until next time, keep moving for a noble purpose, no excuses.